This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Uh, have a, uh, it's a nice, happy Easter Sunday to those of you and uh, happy Passover for others of you. So it's a, one of those times of year. Springtime, though, God, here in L.A., <laughs> we've had more rain in the last week. Uh, we're still getting snow in the mountains. It's just insane. But uh, yesterday was a nice day today. Uh, too early to tell. It's still pretty foggy. It's only 9 a.m. here, and it's noon by uh, those of you back east. And I uh, just hope you have a very nice day. You want to get a hold of me, a number of ways to do it. The best way is to go on to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows. Scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there you will click on it, and you will see a link for a Zoom link. That's here where we are right now live on Zoom, and we'd love you to join us here on Zoom. Uh, it's a great way to, um, you know, to, be, to see and to be seen. And um, so that's what we'd like you to do to join us here. And you can always use the old-fashioned way, 877-385-8882. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. Any questions you have about your pets? We've been really busy lately because on telemedicine because of COVID-19. And a lot of veterinarians, I just talked to one of the, uh, I had a call this morning, and their vet just closed, not permanently, but I, how do you do that? So uh, if you are having trouble reaching your vet or a vet, uh, you can reach me here. Well, not here. You can reach me on go to AirVet, A-I-R-V-E-T, download it, and you can reach a vet 24-7, even though we are in difficult times right now. And um, I'm sure many of you that um, have veterinarians that are using some sort of telemedicine, they're doing curbside, which is where you are driving up and the technician comes out, grabs your pet from you, goes into the office. Yep. Hello, Nicholas. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad you are. You are like our first visitor uh, since we switched to Zoom. No so, kidding. Uh, yes. No so, kidding. Uh, so tell me what's going on. I don't see you. Are you have your camera on or you're just going it by voice? Uh, I'm just going with your voice right now. Okay, let's shoot. What do you got? What's up? COVID and uh, pets. What's up? Yes. Okay. So, so we were just talking about that, you know, how a lot of the vet hospitals are not letting clients in the office unless they're wearing something. Well, sometimes not at all. Sometimes you have to be wearing masks and gloves. Uh, so that's uh, what, what's done at a friend of mine's office that I know. And that's what I've been sending some of my friends to. And that's what they're recommending. But what a lot of our air vet customers are doing is they're doing curbside and they're staying in the car. And then the doctors are connecting to them via telemedicine. So even though they're in the car, they're still live via telemedicine on video so they can see what's going on with their pet. So what's the latest? The only changes since we've our last show was that now we're learning more about cats. It turns out, and we learned this from Nadia, the tiger at the Bronx Zoo, and there was a report that came out of Belgium the week before that, yes, cats have been shown to be able to be infected with the virus. Whether or not they can shed it is a different story, but they can definitely be infected. And they're usually low clinical signs, if at all. Sometimes it's a little mild upper respiratory, so they don't get as sick as we do. And here's why, and here's how it happens. It turns out that there is a protein that all of us have in our blood. It's called ACE2. That's angiotensin converting enzyme type 2. And that enzyme binds to the virus particles, and they can travel in the bloodstream, and usually set up shop in the lungs. Interestingly, the ACE2 in a cat and in a ferret 
is very antigenically similar in structure to that in people and has the same binding sites for the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is the virus behind COVID-19. So they can actually get the virus. It can bind to their ACE2, which looks just like our ACE2, and it can travel to the lungs. Now, the question is, can they in turn transmit it? Now, the, what, what was thought at the Bronx Zoo is one of the zookeepers may have had it transmitted to the tigers. All of the tigers, it was not just Nadia. Nadia was the famous one, but there were three before her that showed, started showing symptoms, have all recovered with no significant disease at all. So um, it is interesting. Now, dogs, pigs, horses, goats, sheep, cows, their ACE2 is so different than ours that it's believed that they cannot actually get the virus. What happened and what has happened, I'm sure you've heard some stories about the Pomeranian, the German Shepherd in China, is that they probably, just like, just like when someone coughs or in, in their hand and then they touch a doorknob, and we always tell people if you're going to touch a doorknob or, or at the grocery store, the freezer handle or refrigerator section handle, wipe it down first or put gloves on. So that's how a dog can be a problem. In other words, they can be what's called a fomite or they transfer the disease, but they don't, they don't actually get it themselves. And so we're recommending, therefore, Nicholas, is that if you have a dog and you're walking your dog, you know, typically we like dogs get together. They want to meet each other. We don't yeah. want to do that now. Also, uh, if you go to dog park or doggy daycare, we recommend you be very cautious. If at all, I wouldn't even let them go right now because we just don't know enough about how long the virus can live on the dog's fur. I'm told that, that it doesn't live very long and it's very hard to get out of the fur. So if you uh, have a dog that's in and out or worse yet, a cat, if you have an indoor-outdoor cat, here's where I'd be a little more careful. And you can take some wipes and wipe them down. Uh, make sure after you pet them, wash your hands well. The only reason I, I'm concerned about the, the wipes and cats is cats will have to groom themselves. So make sure you don't leave a lot of any residue from the wipe. You can wipe after you wipe them with the wipe. You can take a second wipe with just some water and and gently wipe them down. So do you have dogs or cats, Nicholas? I have two dogs. I don't have a cat. Okay. And on the two dogs, as I said, I wouldn't, look, I have four dogs. I'm not worried at all. I take them for walks. I'm now careful now not to let them mingle with other dogs, but they're, they're like part of the family. They're in bed with us there. So I'm not too worried, but I would just be careful of you or the dogs meeting up with other dogs. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, what do you think about, well, uh, my dog is actually Lebanese. So okay. what, do about, what do you think about him interacting with other Lebanese dogs? Like, it doesn't like, make a difference. Dude. Any dog is a dog. He's and, Lebanese, um, he is Lebanese. Uh-huh. So and? That, that, I mean, he's Lebanese. No, so I'm saying it, but regardless, I mean, he's, uh, any dog is going to be potentially a, a, another transmitter to another dog. So it seems like it's possible if dogs mingle, they rub against each other. If one dog has a particle, it can go on to another dog. And then you can go home, your dog can come home to you and you can pet it and give it a hug. And then you, you know, inadvertently put your fingers around your face. So your hands around your face. So it doesn't make a difference where they come from or what breed. Any dog can be a problem. Yeah, Jeff, I, I agree. I agree with you, Jeff. It's just, uh, it's just, you know, my dog is Lebanese though. You know, uh -huh. I'm interacting like with some, you know, like Canadian German Shepherd or something like that, you know? <laughs> Well, like my dog is Lebanese, so like he should be good, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so if you if you happen to know I mean, any other interacting with other Lebanese dogs, we should be good too, you know. That, that, that <laughs> that's that's true. That, that I never I never thought of it that way, Nicholas. But uh, I guess you know, even still, even like like uh, dogs from like areas 
I would be Maybe very like careful. some Portuguese dogs too. Like they of course, can, they can be all right, but like you know, like no Canadian dogs. You can't, you know, have that because yeah, well, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really rough out there. You know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So uh, anyway, thanks for reaching out. Uh, where are you where are you calling from? I'm in New York right now. Okay. I'm over in Canada. Oh, so you're in the hotbed right now. Yeah, but I'm not in Canada though, so it's good. We go. Okay. All right, well, anyway, Nicholas, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for listening here on, our, on uh, Pet Life Radio. And uh, if you have any other questions uh, or tell your friends how easy it is to get some free advice. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll definitely let them know. All right, they, thanks. They, have, they have some dogs. They're not Canadian, though. So not, no, we don't want to watch, watch Canadian dogs, right? No, no, no Canadian Actually, dogs. no, my, one of my dogs is a Labrador, and Labradors actually were originated in Canada. So I don't, I should, maybe we should worry, huh? Uh, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know about that. <laughs> you might want to get that checked out. There, there we go. We'll talk to the Canadian Rocky Mountain Police. We'll see what they say. Yeah, we can't talk to the Canadians at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, be well. Have a good day. Take care. So anyway, go, perusing the news, guys. So, oops, I just uh, moving my camera there. Get, I'm making you dizzy. So, um, so anyway, as I just talked to Nicholas, the uh, there was a cat infected in Belgium. It was just a domestic cat. Um, and my only concern with cats is a now we know they can actually get the virus. We don't know what they can do with it. It doesn't really affect them. If at all, there may be a little coughing, but they recover very quickly. My concern is that because cats are typically run around, a lot of people have indoor outdoor cats. Now, my cats, five of them, all indoor, so I'm not worried. But cats that are in and out, they're the ones that might be more subjected to other animals or people that might be transmitting the disease. So the reason why we are so cautious and the, and the doing the safe distance, the six foot distance, etc., is because. Um, we don't know about what someone else was doing or where they were. Well, that's how I feel about cats now if they're indoor-outdoor. So I would be a little bit more careful. The good news is that Nadia, the beautiful tiger, the Malaysian tiger from the Bronx Zoo, is doing well, as are the three other tigers or sisters, I believe, that they shared space with at the zoo. So, oh, by the way, I, I think I mentioned ferrets also. So I don't know. Ferrets are not as popular in California. They're actually illegal to own a ferret. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. But um, if you have ferrets, uh, again, the really but you ferrets aren't usually in and out. Ferrets are usually household pets, so probably less to worry about. But just know that the possibility is there. So uh, there was a, a doctor that was the first victim of COVID nineteen, a veterinarian. His name was Dr. Peter Sackis. He died. Uh, he was sixty seven years of age. That's pretty frightening since I'm sixty five. And uh, he actually was pretty well known. He wrote a book on avian medicine, and he had been a vet for forty years. And uh, sadly he succumbed to the virus. It was interesting. I read a story that now therapy dogs, and these are dogs that come visit people in hospitals and, and, and old age homes, et cetera, because of all the precautions, especially since that age, that person's age is one that is very, very dangerously susceptible to the virus. So now what they're doing is they are bringing them like iPads and computers and have the therapy dogs visit them via computer or via iPad. And uh, that's really cool. And it's so interesting that you would think that, they, you know, we always say petting a dog lowers your blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. They're finding out that just seeing a dog, having a dog come sit next to you on your lap or whatever can make a big difference. So um, anyway, I think that that is, um, that was a, a cool story. Now there are, oh, interesting also, the veterinary world, how it, how it cooperates with the human side. Here's a great story that there are certain transport media that need to be made to get samples to the right like testing places. 
And there were two viral transport mediums that are being manufactured by two veterinary diagnostic companies, one at Oregon State and one at Louisiana State. These are the two veterinary school universities to help to preserve and transport the swabs for COVID-19 testing. So again, where you hear great stories where the veterinary world can work very closely together and actually help us on the human side as well. And one last thing before we go on our quick break, ventilators. We know there's a shortage in many hospitals. We don't use them as commonly in a small general practice. However, they are used in specialty practices and in emergency critical care facilities, veterinary facilities. So if you know any out there that might have some extra ventilators, uh, they can be of service to patients in our nation's hospitals that need ventilation. So anyway, um, don't go away. It is uh, 18 after the hour. We will be right back after these short messages. So we'll uh, save up your questions and call us like Nicholas did. Thanks a lot. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. I have the perfect gift for Mother's Day. You know, I can't visit my mother-in-law as much as I'd like to, and that's why I love the Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to, and they appear in seconds, so my mother-in-law can see the pictures right away. And I have a great savings for you. Just go to skylightframe.com slash pet and you'll save $10. That's right. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash pet, P-E-T, and you'll save $10. And get ready to receive sheer happiness thank yous from your recipient because they will love this. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. And I believe, Mark, we saw the listener on the... Uh, on the line. Um, so if you're there, all right. Anyway, so back to some of the things I wanted to talk about. So we talked about ventilators. Arizona, hats off to Arizona. The state of Arizona is now allowing, and again, this is near and dear to my heart as a co-founder of AirVet. They're allowing telemedicine to be used to establish a BCPR. So now vets can use telemedicine more completely to, to deliver care. What does this mean? So believe it or not, if you are doing telemedicine and you are a medical doctor, you can actually, on telemedicine, talk to a patient you've never seen before. You get a history, you can talk to them, and you can actually establish a relationship enough to be able to prescribe medication. Not so in most states in veterinary medicine. In veterinary medicine, interestingly, you have to have what's called a VCPR, which is a veterinary client-patient relationship. And the only way to establish a VCPR is through a hands-on physical exam. And in order to maintain a, an active VCPR, that exam must take place at least once a year. So 
What does that mean? That means that when I take a call or any telemedicine service takes a call from you or any caller that is not their own, they cannot truly practice telemedicine. We call the broader category telehealth, which includes telemedicine. If you actually have a BCPR, teleadvice, teletriage, teleeducation, et cetera. So I can advise you what I would do if you or your pet was one of my patients. I can't tell you to do it, but I can tell you that, you know, I've, I, a lot of times I may use language like, you know, last week I saw a patient that was presented exactly the same way. Here's what I thought it was, and here's what I recommended to them. And then, of course, you can deduce from that what you want to do for yourself. It's a slippery slope. And interestingly, even though I, I'm looking for being very progressive, I do like the fact that I do believe that a BCPR, a hands-on at least once is necessary to really get a feel for what's going on. Some states are very strict that if it's a new problem, you have to reestablish a BCPR for that problem. I think that's going overboard. Not too happy about that because especially now in the days of COVID-19, we are getting so many requests. Now, here's a little you know, uh, caveat, which makes it even more interesting, more confusing. During the course of a call, the veterinarian deems the problem an emergency, okay? Then he or she can actually treat over the phone call in the prescription, et cetera. So as long as he or she can defend that. Now, what is so good about that for us right now, which is why I'm so hats off to Arizona, is that the definition of emergency is loosened because of COVID-19. What do I mean by that? Not different for the pet, but if you can't get in to see a veterinarian or the vet's office is closed, or I, I talked to someone last night on AirVet that the closest emergency facility to them was only a mile away. That's fantastic. Go. Oh, no, it was literally closed down. Well, what's, what's the next one? An hour away. So now, if I'm concerned that an hour, that's a long time. So I can actually give some suggestions of what they could do now. And like I said, test it out. And then you have a little more time to wait for your regular vet to open in the morning. So it does make telemedicine a little bit easier to deal with. But I really think I'm seeing more and more states that are lightening up on their VCPR rules. Because quite frankly, I think some of them are crazy. So, but. Anyway, if you have, this is great. So now if you join us here on Zoom on Pet Life Radio, I can actually give you a lot of telehealth advice. And uh, though I can't treat, I can give you some pretty darn good suggestions uh, coming from someone who's been around the block a few times over the last 36 years. So we talk about the, our lifestyle change right now. And you would think that, oh my God, pets are loving this because they would be home all day doing their thing. Everyone's at work or at school. And all of a sudden you come home, they got all excited. They take their walk, a little playtime. But all during the day, they're bored stiff. They should be watching dog TV to make them a little bit uh, more comfortable. But there's a study out that (laughs) they're finding that some pets may not be too happy, right, with you being home all day. Why? Because they're being pestered. They're not getting their rest time and they like to rest. And um, because many people are getting anxious because of COVID-19, because of the fact that they're not working, because of the fact that they're afraid they won't be able to buy enough toilet paper, whatever. And so it's, what's going on is the pets are reading that anxiety and it's making them miserable. So though one would like to think that our pets love the fact that we are home, you better start asking your pets what they think because I think they've had enough already. Go back to work, go back to school, leave me alone. So um, I think that uh, that is... Kind of very interesting. And so some of the things you can do is 
try to stay calmer at home and you want to be more consistent with your schedules. Don't have them rely so much on you. Provide them some toys that can keep them occupied. Get them out some exercise as much as you can. And, um, and really, even though you're home, let them have some alone time. Give them their break from you. You know, that's one of the things that uh, we think uh, would, would help the relationship much more um, comfortable for both you and your pets. I know my pets are liking the fact that we're home because they, are, they do get more in-house time. Because during the day, a lot of times we would leave them to be outside in the yard and they're playing around. But now that we're home, they're chilling with us in the house. So it, it, it does make it more comfortable. Obviously, they're getting more couch time. They're getting more bedtime. And that's our bed, not their beds. And um, so it's, uh, it's making for a, a, a nice way. I, I, it'll be interesting to see what they feel when we all start going back to work. That's going to be very interesting. So anyway, we would love to hear more from you. We, if you are listeners, would like to join us here live on Zoom, uh, you just go on and click on the link. And um, that'll bring you here. Ask, ask, pick my brain. Take advantage of it now, guys. I don't know how much more of a brain I'm going to have left in a few years. So uh, now's the time to get me, and it's free. So that's kind of what we want. Anyway, we'd like you to have a, a wonderful uh, Easter. Uh, 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 nice. We're smack in the middle of Passover. You can keep that going until Thursday. Um, and uh, enjoy your alone time with the pets. Just make sure the pets are enjoying the alone time with you. And uh, that's, a, that's a different story. Um, so once again, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can answer, uh, ask us questions, send them to me, drjeffatpetliferadio.com. They'll be forwarded to me. I will answer them. You, of course, can follow me at, at Dr. Jeff Werber on Facebook, um, at Dr. Werber on um, uh, LinkedIn. And I think LinkedIn, you just put in Jeff Werber. Twitter is at uh, Dr. Werber, if you wanted to send me a tweet. And on Instagram, is just uh, at Dr. Jeff Werber. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to, to follow me. We're trying to build my, my social media presence, of which I know nothing. So I'm learning along the way. And um, anyway, have a great week, everybody. We will be here uh, next week. Same, as they say, same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a good week, everybody, and uh, stay safe. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.